Andy, we've been doing this podcast now for, I think this is just the fifth month. This is going on the fifth month. Something and I still, like, I, we don't open with telling about the show. We don't say who you are or what <laughs> I am. I mean, we just jump right into things. I think that's kind of neat. I'd hate to mess that up right now, but we are men of a certain X. You're Andy Jabor and I'm Dave Pounder. Should we, should we formalize that a little bit or how do you think we should proceed on this? I mean, are you suggesting that people don't know who we are? Is that what you're saying? Like, I mean, that's probably true. I mean, I mean, I, I, I guess there's pop, there's possibly some people that don't know who we are, Dave, and maybe we should formalize an intro at some point. Maybe we should leave with some great, you know, Gen X 90s music or current tunes to start the show. I mean, it's, it is New Music Friday, and there's some good new music out already today. So th there's many ways to start this show, Dave. I, I like the way you jump into it. It always entertains me. But you know, hey, hey, we're here to follow whatever path you want, whatever the listeners demand. I'm here to support Okay, well, Andy, we've got okay in that vein. I, I kind of enjoy it as well, just jumping right in the the cold open and just going in. If you don't know who we are by now, you can look us up on our Threads accounts, our X account. Though Andy doesn't do X as much anymore, um, and we go from there. You can learn about us from there, and and also listening to this podcast, you get great insight into us. But Andy, there's a lot to go through. Let's let's there's a ton to get through. You know, we obviously have our politics and uh, sports flair. We're going to have to get our predictions for the weekend um, football games this week. Uh, but let's start on maybe a lighter note, Andy. Okay. Uh, you posted earlier this week on threads or reposted or whatever they call it on threads um, about soda taxes and, and specifically cities with soda tax taxes saw sales of sugary drinks fall as prices rise. Let's let's jump in on that, Andy. Where where are you going with? Where do you want to go with soda taxes? Yeah. So so former New York City Mayor, former catastrophically bad presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg uh, posted on Threads, you know, saying that soda taxes work, right? That in cities where you increase prices on soda, sales dropped, and he's very proud of himself because he he's a big proponent of compelling behavior. Through increased costs, right? There's the guy that did you know his, his war against the big gulp and, and other such things. And my, my base feeling on this, Dave, is I I hate compulsive you know laws like this or, or things that force behavior or try to encourage folks to do certain things through taxes and other things of that nature because it's 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 just not the government's business to me. And so I, I hate I hate listening to Michael Bloomberg. There's a lot of things Michael Bloomberg says that piss me off, to be honest with you. But in this <laughs> case, like he, like one. Yeah, obviously, jackass, if you raise prices, sales go down because you're raising prices beyond their market value, right? If you let the market handle it, things figure themselves out. People buy what they want to buy, sell what they want to sell. It kind of defines its own balance. But when you add costs that people don't you know, normally want or approve of, yeah, sales go down. Like that. that's logical. It's not, it's not something new and, and, and genius. But I hate the idea of you know, whatever topic du jour a politician might have, being something that they want to uh, push, you know, through higher taxes or other ways to compel behavior, right? I know, like locally, for example, we have a, um, a a sales tax on the use of plastic bags. If you go to the grocery store and you buy groceries and you use plastic bags instead of bring your own, you pay an extra, I think, nickel per bag. I appreciate the idea of trying to do good things for the community, but you're 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 taxing people for their own individual choices in in things that don't need to be you know, compelled, right? Like it's not Michael Bloomberg's choice 
if somebody wants an 85 ounce big gulp and wants to consume that thing every day for breakfast and get you know their sugar levels high and gain weight like that's a, a completely individual choice i don't give a shit what michael bloomberg likes or doesn't like about that option right so that kind of stuff drives me crazy bloomberg said some pretty ridiculous things in his in his self pride and arrogance in the past which just sort of drive me nuts so anyway i, I saw it dave it, it pissed me off I, I hate compulsive uh you know laws like that taxes like that things that make people do things against their own free choice and will that are not necessary right you're not, you're not saving america with your stupid soda tax so that, that that's how i feel about it dave I'm glad I could let you go off on that. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Vent release there. I think I think I feel healthier now. So thank you. So it's interesting when you started and you said failed uh, or former New York City governor and failed presidential candidate. I immediately went to Rudy and I was like, oh, where are we going with Rudy? And, and yeah, that's and, right. And yet we have another one of those same type of candidates. And Bill de Blasio also. I mean, I mean, New York City yep. American history of being obnoxious in office and, and horrible presidential candidates. That's a that's a very good point. Dave, I, I said this on threads, like New York can stay the hell in New York, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I love New York City. I, I love New York City. It, it's, a, it's an incredible place. But but I fucking hate their politics. I mean, there was a, a recent uh, survey. The Cato Institute does an annual freedom in 50 states survey and new york not atypically was 50th out of out of 50 states because it's just such a basket case on the way that it, it, it works as, as a government so yeah sorry didn't mean to get on a little aside there but yeah, yeah you're right you're right bloomberg giuliani bill de blasio who most recently in the new york post looked like a like, like he didn't even have a place to live the guy the guy goes around new york city looking like you know Johnny homeless it's, it's it's insane like that 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 all three of those guys are crazy cats off to Bloomberg I guess he's the most successful of all of them by far but still insane well even the current mayor is having his own troubles Andy. yeah Mayor Adams yeah he's he's fast tracking to failure on on his end right now it's just too bad but yeah it's uh yeah but hey again love New York City love love, love New Yorkers in New York City love 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 Tommy Cutlets but you know it's uh that yeah Sorry, no thanks on the soda tax, Dave. All right, so we let you go off on that rant. For a minute. I don't, I don't much have a thing, a comment on there, Andy. Uh, I do think it's a good story to see, but I'm glad we could allow you the opportunity to go off, and and we'll have to capture that one for things. So, let's go to our next uh, topic du jour, Andy. Um, funny thing, well, not uh, interesting. We were talking last week or earlier this week about the politics uh, and the Iowa caucuses, where it's going to be quite frigid and cold for Monday's caucuses. Uh, interestingly enough, I, I know a couple of people in Iowa and I keep asking them, are you caucusing? And they're like, not in this weather, I'm not. And uh, I, it is quite a unique experience uh, for sure. I'm not sure I can completely wrap my head, head, head around it. You talked a little bit about it last time, but I was among us and Chris Christie's out. Chris yeah. Christie dropped out of the race before um the iowa caucuses I, I had thought he would be out after iowa and would try to throw his support to nikki or or one of the other candidates on his way out the door though he had some interesting hot mic uh times andy and basically yeah. saying that nikki's a hot mess and she's not capable of doing uh running and leading this country i would tend to disagree because of her record in in south carolina but i'm not Chris Christie. And then he also said that many people are calling from the DeSantis campaign 
um, it basically in a panic state and, and uh, the world's on their hairs on fire. So, Andy, thoughts on Chris Christie being out? I mean, uh, this is this is the out that everybody knew was coming or it was just yeah. a matter of time. I think, you know, I don't know what drove him to make the decision at the time that he did. You know, he obviously doesn't have any lost love for his GOP rivals. I don't think there's a lot of people that Chris Christie loves, you know, but uh, I think he did the right thing if his primary motive, which it seems to be, is to frustrate Donald Trump's efforts to secure the GOP nomination, right? He can continue to attack Donald Trump, which he does very well. He's, 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 a, he's a great attack dog. He can still, you know, push for his issues, although I don't really know what his unique issues were. I didn't pay attention to Chris Christie to see what made him sort of differentiate himself. But, you know, the, the whole hot mic piece, like, it's kind of a, a, something you would almost expect from him, right, on the way out to just, like, slap everybody in the face on his way out the door. But I think it's the right thing for those that support an alternative to Donald Trump, because, listen, Chris Christie voters aren't going to be Donald Trump voters. So that gives an immediate boost, I think, to Nikki Haley. And if the agenda is let's let's beat Donald Trump, which which for him, for Nikki Haley, I think it really is. Then I think he did the right thing by stepping out before Iowa, giving her a chance to get some more votes there, maybe surpass expectations. Already looks like she got a boost in New Hampshire from his departure with his, I think it was 10 or 12 percent that he was polling there. So probably the right thing politically in the bigger picture of things, you know, for himself, I think he wanted to stay in and fight, but he was not going to be the GOP nominee. There's just no, no community big enough to give him that nomination. So I think, I think he did the right thing in an entertaining way, you know, heading out and kind of teasing uh, his, his candidate's ability to uh, be successful, which was kind of sad to see, but also funny. Yeah. It's uh, I always wonder about these hot mics, if they're really, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what, I mean, are we really hot mic in it? I mean, come on. I mean, these people are well-skilled at a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, there's one thing when somebody overhears a conversation, but a hot mic, these things are not uh, typically accidents, I'll, I'll say. so. But, yeah. but also, you know, you're like, maybe it is, right? Because yeah. <laughs> maybe you genuinely have no clue what's going on around you because you're so self-focused. Uh, self, you know, but and I don't know. I agree. It could go either way there. Yeah, Chris Christie, the man who really, I think the only thing I have ever taken away from Chris Christie is he was a Republican in a Democrat state, and that was supposed to be yep. some sort of badge of honor. And so, um, but really, when these people get on the stage, it's it's really about their politics, and and it really doesn't have anything that distinguishes himself from anything else. It, it's the same thing with like VR. He's Donald Trump 2.0, except obviously le a lot less famous. And he can't even get on the stage. Uh, Nikki and uh, Ron DeSantis had their one-on-one -on -one debate on yeah. CNN. At the same time, Trump had his, you know, things going uh -huh. on. And, and yeah. it's just, it is amazing. I, I, I mean, I don't think people fully appreciate, one, how far the Republican Party has has become the Trump Party. Yeah. And, and just not even the party that I grew up with and recognize, uh, which is why I don't vote Republican um, or anything aligned with the with Trump. Uh, but it is one of those things where um, it, it it's just going to be an interesting way this is going to play out. It's a three person race now. I think DeSantis is the next to fall, uh, and it'll probably be after New Hampshire. But he I, I he may come in second place here. But it, I think it is going to be that one-on-one -on -one that we were looking for with Nikki Haley and and Donald Trump. So, any any thoughts on any any closing thoughts on politics, Andy? 
Dave, on a Friday morning, I want to get all those thoughts out of my mind as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. So I'm ready to I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move Kick on. Start the weekend. There we go. That's right. Andy, right. it it is we haven't come back to this in quite a while. Uh Friday is new music Friday. It is. Uh, a lot of good stuff has been coming out this year so far. Where are you leaning on on music side? So there, there is a live a chance obviously to go through all the morning music and we start the show pretty early. But but there's a new track from Cheryl Crow. Her last new song that she released, Alarm Clock, was a lot of fun, very catchy. So I'm looking forward to hearing her new song there. She prepares her her new album, but but I'm really excited. The Black Keys. I'm a big fan of the one of the one of the best things to come out of Ohio which I consider to be part of the greater uh, dominion of Virginia, you know, just for the record. <laughs> but uh, one, one, of, one of the best things about it, I, I love the Black Keys, great, great albums, catchy music, great live show. I mentioned mean, I see them a few years ago with my wife, and they just dropped a new single, uh, Beautiful People. And I, I just started listening to it, really didn't even finish it or process it, but, but it sounds great. So I, I love good new music, starting to come back out here as we turn the page on the year. And I'll be jumping to the Black Keys and Sheryl Crow and other things this morning. So except that, and also, you know, Green Day, who... You know, again, you know, divisive band in some respects because, you know, they are very politically, you know, I don't know if you want to say they're necessarily politically to the left, but very hostile to the Republican Party. They, you know, they were very strong against George W. Bush, which I appreciate. Fuck that guy. And uh, they're very <laughs> strong against, you know, Donald Trump. You know, they got in some some attention for some of their New Year's Eve uh, lyrical changes there. But, oh, um, no, Andy, they, they had to do that because they, they were somehow grouped in as, as if they were some sort of MAGA um um rock band and yeah. green Day clearly aligns with trump values right yeah 100 100 percent. so yeah they, they they slid a little lyrical change in there right but but they uh they, their their new their new singles have actually been pretty good and uh, yeah their new album here to come out as well and you know I, I think in in the recent history they have one of the most complete albums you know when they put their american idiot album out it was a very good album in the sense that it wasn't just a bunch of singles but just a very solid album with great you know continuity and flow throughout i can only think of one other album that was you know similar in the last maybe 20 years that was a jack white a couple of years ago with a really great album so i'm excited to see what they do you know whether you like them politically or not i typically don't give a shit what musicians have to say about politics because i don't care only care about what we have to say dave but um the music is good so enjoyable enjoyable things for the weekend if you haven't checked those out yet but strong recommend to the black keys because they always they always bring it yeah and if any of our listeners have a good recommendations for us to get into we'd love to hear them i i am not much on the music scene as you are anymore uh i will say it, it's interesting you bring up a point about the uh top to bottom uh albums because people don't buy albums anymore you yeah. buy the you buy the individual singles. I mean, for some people, obviously Taylor Swift fans buy the, the the whole thing there, but you do usually individual albums. What used to be your rule for when you would buy an album, Andy? Like for for a band, when you had to buy the CD, what was the rule? So yeah, I think it was if I had money in my pocket. To be honest, <laughs> I used to buy a lot of music. This is a throwback that you know I know we're going a little bit of a, a long aside here, but um, for those you know Gen Xers like us that remember. Circuit City, right? And if I recall, oh, yeah. it kind of close to your neck of the woods when we were growing up, Dave. And Circuit City would have like, I forget what the deal was, but they'd have like a, a <laughs> section of music that was like $5.99 or $9.99 for, for an album. You could buy the, you know, the, the CD. And I would go and just like see what was available and just, just buy as much as I possibly could that looked good that day. I, I, I loved buying music. So I, I probably spent way more money buying tapes and uh, CDs 
than I should have growing up, joined the music clubs, you know, to, 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 to fail your numerous times. I think one time my mom had to bail me out because like tapes were piling up and, uh, and, and so were the bills and I, and I didn't know what was going on. But, you know, it was, uh, I, I love buying new music. How about you, Dave? Did you have a certain criteria to buy that new album? Yeah, I had to do three. It had to have three songs that I enjoyed uh, on it. And so for some bands, that was pretty easy. Like uh, U2 would always have, U2 was almost an automatic, you know, yeah. for something like that. Uh, early Pearl Jam, I definitely bought uh, some in some of these other groups. But um, I would forego if I really just loved the song. But, yeah. um, but you know, you didn't have signals out as much back then. Um, and so you would have, I, my rule was three. So as long as I could get cool. through three songs, I felt that was a good investment. Do um, you remember the single tape, Dave? Like, I don't think, you know, people today don't, don't have appreciation for that. Oh, they don't, cassettes. Yeah, no. yeah. Like the single cassette, right? So you'd have like, I remember like the one that jumped out of my mind is white snake, right? Here we go again. And I remember yep. like you had a single tape. So you'd put it in on the A side and you hear, here I go again. And you flip it over, I forget what the B side was, but you can sit there and flip that tape back and forth all day, listen to like, you yeah. know, songs, right? Uh, that, that was, that was crazy. So it's, uh, and music is definitely easier to enjoy, you know, with all of our streaming services today. Dave, here's a topic for another day that I was actually thinking about just recently. You mentioned U2. I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on if U2 is enjoyed by, by young people today, the way many other rock bands have stayed famous and alive, right? So, I mean, you can see like a, a new interest in some of the 90s grunge music, right? You see kids that are you know, 18, 19 walking around with Nirvana smiley face shirts. Uh, a topic for another day, if you too has a kind of sustainability or if they're just gonna sort of get older with, with those of us that grew up with them and, and not be appreciated by, by those that follow. So I know, it's, I know we can go on a whole long conversation about you too. So just tease that up there for, for your thoughts. Yeah, my just initial thought, we definitely need to deep dive on this for one topic one day. My initial thoughts is they're going to be like the Rolling Stones and and fit, like they, they have their fans from their heydays yeah. um, and they're going to just stay with them. Look, I think it's hard to put a teenager in today into what it was like in the 80s, early 90s when you had joshua tree where you had i mean you had all their early albums but then you had joshua tree you had rattle and hum octum when they went to octum baby yeah. um, which was such a radical change for a group as popular as they were and the type of style of music that they had you can't replicate that you had to really be in the moment and i think yeah. those people who were in the moment are lifelong fans regardless you know i know their more recent stuff is doesn't have as much traction um but it's so good. I, I do think it's interesting, the sphere, them coming to the sphere in Las Vegas. I do think that rejuvenated some people and, and called attention to the music. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. But I, I do think it's more along the lines like where we are with the Rolling Stones and some of those other groups. So. Yeah, I know I can. I can always get you excited when you start talking. You too. So. Oh, I love. It. I I love it. I've got. We we need to go back through it. I I will just say one thing. My favorite youth two song is "So Cruel," yeah. um, and to know they played that at the Sphere, I had to download many of many of YouTube videos in which people recorded that because that's just my favorite song. It's the best lyrically. Um, you know how it all plays out. It's the best. I think it's the best song in history, and it's not wow. even. It's probably not in their one one of their top one hundred songs. That's how crazy it is. But it is it is my favorite. So all right, Andy, let's skip from there. 
uh, and let's wrap up this podcast with a little right. NFL uh, action. We've got big games this weekend, wild card weekend, super yeah. wild card weekend, or whatever the NFL chooses to make the excitement this week. Saturday and Sunday, really good games. Monday, not so much, but your Lions are playing. My Cowboys are playing. How are you feeling going into the weekend? You know, I'm 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 nervous because I think um, the LA Rams are coming to town. There's a whole complex series of storylines go along with that for non-Lions fans, right? But Matt Stafford, the Jared Goff trade. I mean, there's there's a lot in that game, um, you know, to appreciate in the dramatic sense. But I think it's going to be a good football game. You know, the Lions got some defensive players back uh, just last week. They're going to be playing. That's a huge difference maker for Detroit. LA brings some dangerous threats to the Lions. I think the Lions will pull it out, but uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm nervous for the Lions. I'm nervous for the Cowboys. Um, there's a lot of teams that could be upset this weekend, and I, I love that. David, we, I, think, I, think, I think we should do predictions on these games personally, but, but let me hear your thoughts. Okay, well, let, let, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I've, <clears throat> you've heard me through this podcast the whole time. I was commiserating with another Cowboys fan uh, yesterday, and we're just we're all set up for the loss. Like they're right. Cowboys are eight and zero at home this year, which makes it perfect that they're going to lose their home playoff game. So that, <laughs> that makes it right. They're playing the Green Bay Packers and the team that they've had a long history yeah. uh, of, of great games against. And and again, they haven't come out on top on those last ones, mostly because of Aaron Rodgers. But um, we we don't really want to talk about him. Um, so, well, let's go through it, Andy. Let's talk through the games here, and let's give a prediction one way or the other, and we can see how we did on that front. What do you What do you think about that? I, I like it. I like <clears> it. You, you want to go through the games for you here? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's so do it. We kick off with Cleveland-Houston, Dave. Who's winning Cleveland-Houston? Yeah, I, I like the Houston storyline, but I'm going to go with Cleveland there. Concur. Wouldn't be shocked if Houston won, but but I agree. I think Cleveland's got it. So we so we'll see how that turns out. That's a Saturday game, by the way. Then uh, Miami, Kansas City. Do you know it's going to be like zero degrees? It's going to be a miserable. Yeah, it's like one of the coldest games the NFL's ever had is what it looks like. Miami's got too many. Miami's got too many injuries. I think they're capable of pulling the upset, but the conditions and all the other stuff. I'm going to just go with Kansas City on this one. Yeah, again, I agree. I don't think Kansas City is a first round fail in the playoffs. I think I think they they beat the Dolphins, who are. Awkwardly, weirdly bad, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think Kansas yeah. City gets the win there. All right, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. This one's a tough one because as much as I want to say Pittsburgh uh, is not very good and they're not very good, I, the, I mean, Mason Rudolph's their quarterback and uh, he's serviceable, but um, I just don't love Buffalo either. I know everyone's like, oh, they're winning. They've won a six-game winning streak or whatever. Uh, they, they're not been pretty games. I mean, they could have lost just as many of those. Um, but it is in Buffalo. I'll go with Buffalo on this one, Andy. I'm, I I don't love it, but we'll see. No, I, I agree. There's a few things that you you can count on the playoffs, you know, right now, these last few years and recent years. And, you know, one is Buffalo losing to Kansas City or somebody else in the playoffs. And, and they will. They'll, they'll win this game. They'll lose to Kansas City in the next round. It'll be fun to watch and see the the Bills Mafia go crazy losing to, to Patrick Mahomes again. That I'm almost certain that will happen. Just like it's fun to watch the Cowboys in their annual tradition of losing to the 49ers in the playoffs. So some things to look forward to there, Dave. But all right, speaking of the Cowboys, Green Bay at Dallas. You think you guys are going to pull it off? Yeah, I mean, I do think we're going to win. I mean, I look, we're better than Green Bay. Um, I do think it's we're going to win, and I'm fully prepared to lose. 
I think I think that's the right. I think I think we both share the same <clears> there <throat> with our with our games. I th I think the Dallas should win, but but Green Bay is playing surprising football yeah. consistently, and and they, they're capable of beating Dallas. I think they're capable. Look, of look Green Bay going into next like I, this year is a winning year. I mean, look, yeah. Jordan Love showed that he can be a quarterback. I mean, yeah. and, and they're not they were had a winning record. I mean, they don't have a ton of talent on that team necessarily. But if they can keep the pieces together, they're so young. I, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next five years in the in, in the NFC if they can stay on this path. And I think yeah. the coach the coach has clearly shown Lafleur has clearly shown that he's he can coach outside of Aaron Rodgers. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't like it as a Lions fan, but, yeah. but I agree. I, I, I think they've got a lot of potential there. I think the whole division does, to be honest. I mean, the Bears have a lot of upside too, and even Minnesota's got some key pieces in place. So, look, it, look the Bear, if the Bears are going to stay with Fields, they, there's no upside there. I'm just telling you. I, I, I respectfully disagree. We'll come back to this topic, Dave. We'll come back. Okay, LA, Detroit, LA, Detroit. Uh, look, Detroit has failed me when I thought that they were ready to take the step up. The Thanksgiving day, I was like, oh, they're going to go come out here. They're finally good on Thanksgiving. They're going to do it. Look, I think this team is good. I, I think the Rams are good too, but the Rams are punching over their weight. Um, I, 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 I don't think the Rams are necessarily that great. Um, they Look, they've got a great coach. Stafford's been okay. I think he's just going to get beat up this this game. I think the Lions front four are just too good. Um, so I, I think the Lions will pull it out. But like the Cowboys, I'm fully expecting to be like disappointed. It, it yeah. look if if golf has uh, if golf has three turnovers in the first quarter like they did on Thanksgiving, forget it. Like throw it away. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. Turnovers is going to be a key factor. Stafford's good for throwing a few bad picks himself. So you know they can both blow a game for their team. I think it's going to come down to, to Detroit's two lines. I think if the O-line stays strong, Goff plays well, Lions win. If the D-line can step up and, and get after Stafford, I think the Lions win. I think it really comes down to the, the Lions' the Lions call on both those. If, if they can perform, they win. If they can't, they lose. All right, Dave, last one. So far, unanimity here. I think we're, we're, we're fully in agreement here on these so far. Last one, Philly at Tampa Bay. Can Baker Mayfield beat the Eagles? I think he can, Andy. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay here. Wow. I, I I think Philly is. I mean, they're beat up. Their defensive line is not really good, and I think Baker. Uh, look, it, I, I guess it all changes if Baker can't. Like I, I know he hurt himself a little bit last week. He was hobbling around, but they've got great wide receivers. The Philly uh, Philly corners are not that great this year. Uh, they've got good talent. I mean, it just depends. But I I think Philly's. They've been living on the edge all year. I think it's a short exit for them this year. I, I, there's part of me that agrees with you, Dave, because the you know the, the plague of Matt Patricia is corrupting Eagles <laughs> like like he's corrupted the Lions and everywhere else that he goes. And you know, I think I think they're set up to to lose because they just have really performed horribly. But I think they win. I, I think Philly gets themselves together and they they're going to put pressure on Baker. I I really like Baker Mayfield. I think he's a fun you know player. I think I like the Bucks. I've always liked the Bucks. Even when they were in the NFC Central, I like the Bucks, but um, I think they take the loss here. I think it, it, it's uh, it's just too much. I think I think Philly's going to get the win. So, Dave, we're agreement on five of the games. Uh, hopefully, we're right on most of those games, and uh, we'll see what happens in Tampa and Philly. That's a Monday night game. So we actually won't be able to talk about that till the Wednesday show. But Dave, we covered all that good picks. We didn't even touch the coaching carousel. There's so much happening in coaching land. 
I will say, yeah, let, we, we do need to wrap it up. We're at the end of our like our time here, Andy. But quick, real quick, hit thoughts on Belichick leaving. I think we knew we knew this was coming. Yeah, I, I think I think I think it's the right move for both Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I'm not a fan of either, but I think it's the right thing. I'll say this: I think I think Belichick could have success in his next move. I, I don't. I feel sorry for whoever takes the Patriots' job. I think they're a short-term hire. I think they're going to come in there and they're going to fail and they're going to be fired within the next, you know, three to four years. So I don't feel good about, you know, what's going to happen in New England for whoever comes in there. I'll, I'll say that, but we can, you know, that's a whole other story. But, but what do yeah, you think? Yeah, we can, we can talk more about it too uh, as we go along. But it is something when you, when you have a franchise that exceeds beyond all expectations for yeah. a sustained period of time, and then you have a change. Look, it first happened with Brady. Yeah. So that was one thing. And they had these four years of not so good runs. Um, but they still had Belichick, so they still had that history to the glory years. Look, I, I think it would be a mistake if they tried to bring in somebody who was a Belichick disciple. That would I, I think you really need to – they're going to have – New England's not going to be a good job to have for the next three or four years. You really need to have one person removed from the glory years. And then I, I, the worry I have with Belichick is look at all these great coaches who – leave that one place and go somewhere else. George Seifert went to Carolina and was miserable. Um, you know, Joe Gibbs tried to come back with the Redskins. That was uh, not, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Uh, Mike Shanahan went from Denver to Washington. Not great, but that could be the owner there too. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see how it play out. But again, as I've said before, uh, no pity party anybody is going to have for the New England Patriots anytime soon. Um, and so more continued failure on that front for them. So I'm, sure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, a, a lot more we can talk about there. It's going to be a busy week next week, I think, with coaching. Uh, maybe some more firings, possibly. You you won the over-under, Dave. Congratulations. <laughs> right I mean, that came <laughs> quick, so a lot, a lot to cover. Yeah, a lot to cover. So, all right, Andy, this is what we covered the world today. Um, and we got some more topics to cover for next week. But uh, thanks for all of those who are listening, and we will catch up with you next time, Andy.